and welcome to the Chai's podcast, episode two. I uh, just recorded episode one on uh, the seventh. Here we are on Tuesday, the eighth. How you doing, Austin? Oh, doing well. I'm excited to be back. <laughs> nice, nice. Gonna keep the ball rolling. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I guess we can get started. I mean, yesterday we uh, we didn't give too much of an introduction about ourselves. Uh, take care of that right now, Austin and I. I've uh, been, you know, great friends for the last what is it now? Thirteen years. Yeah. Since been... since bar since bar mitzvahs, I guess thirteen years ago. <laughs> uh, we're both uh both twenty five. Um, actually, birthdays are four days apart. Uh, Austin again out in Michigan. I'm out here in Santa Barbara, California. Um, anything else new for an introduction? Yeah, for me, I was I was born in in the suburbs of Detroit. I moved over to. <laughs> to Oak Park, California, in about when we were in elementary school and we met each other when? Sixth grade? Yeah, about sixth grade, so when we were like yeah, 12, 12 or 13. Yeah, I feel like we just kind of bonded over football and it's just kind of been that connection ever since. Yeah. We've been, we've been kind of dreaming of doing something like this <laughs> our whole lives. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much something we've talked about since, since day one, I guess, never thought would actually be something that we would, we would be able to pursue. So this is something really, Really fun for us. Hopefully, it's fun for you guys too. Um, why don't you we just start with kind of some news about what's going on? What's going on today? Uh, we got the Kareem Hunt extension. We got DeAndre Hopkins extension. Uh, Leonard Fournette back in the news again for you know, fifth, fifth or sixth day in a row. <laughs> uh, maybe even more than that. Um, yeah, we'll just start with that. What do you think about the Kareem Hunt extension? thought it was a pretty nice forward-thinking move by the organization. Obviously, John Dorsey had that connection with Kareem back from Kansas City where he drafted him, and he clearly, he clearly loves him and he wants to keep him around. So I thought it was a really solid move. They really liked what they saw from him last year. He emerged as one of the best receiving threats out of the backfield and probably the top 1A, 1B kind of guy with, with Chubb now. So I thought it was a really solid move locking him up. For the next couple yeah. of years yeah i think it actually has an impact on you know the immediate future and, and really like the foreseeable future of the of the cleveland backfield i mean this year yeah it was supposed to be really like a 1a 1b situation uh with i think everyone kept this kind of assuming that Kareem's going to take most of the passing down work mm -hmm. like it kind of seemed like you know, that's what happened at the end of last year and you know, they were splitting a lot of a lot of snaps uh kareem was still getting drafted you know he's is almost a borderline starter for a lot of fantasy mm -hmm. teams. Um, he was like kind of the most highest valued insurance policy, I guess, who had, who had standalone value himself. Um, it definitely has an impact on the dynasty perspective, you know, and like the keeper perspective of fantasy leagues. I think a lot of people were expecting Kareem Hunt to, to roll into a, an RB1 role next year, whether he signed a contract somewhere else or, uh, you know, got traded this season. I mean, anything that would have happened for him to kind of get his own backfield where or now it seems like at least at least for this season and for Kareem multiple seasons after is going to be a Cleveland Brown. I guess we'll see what that means for Nick Chubb. Um, but mm -hmm. it takes away from the fact of them both being being RB ones that are at least the next year or so. Uh, again, depending on what the Browns decide to do with Nick Chubb. Yeah, definitely. In terms of dynasty, it's definitely going to restrict Kareem Hunt. But with Chubb, I mean, it doesn't really change my my outlook of him i mean kareem was going to be there this whole season and nothing's really changing with that so i don't 
really anticipate him dropping off too much. He still should be their feature running back. I actually think it doesn't even really raise Kareem's value to me as much as it solidifies his role, mm-hmm. where I feel like, you know, they just paid him, I think, what were the terms of the contract? Yeah, yeah so he got a two-year extension for about 13 and a half mil, $8 million guaranteed, so that's about $4 mil per year. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty significant money for a running back, for sure. Yeah. And I would find it real hard to imagine that he's not going to be involved right away, which we were already anticipating. But I think there was some apprehension to to really have Kareem Hunt, you know, in your starting lineups or feel, you know, is he really like an RB2 or like a flex player that I can depend on? And I think now you can at least depend on there being a role for sure and not yet even have to have to, you know, assume or have any questions about that as much as, you know, it clearly has that value after this season now that he's extended. But I think it also, you know, has gives you some sort of stability having Kareem Hunt this year on your roster. So, Yeah, for uh, sure. And he's a guy who, I mean, this whole offseason was kind of going in that flex range. And that doesn't change for me. If anything, it, yeah, like you said, cements that. And, I mean, if, if anything happens to Hunt or Chubb, God forbid, Hunt's locked into that role with the Browns and he could be back to that Chiefs, Chiefs range where he was a top five running back in the league. Yeah, if, you, if either one of them goes down this season, you, the healthy one's going to be you know, top five back week in, week out. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty solidified. Um, so, yeah, well, we'll move on from there. I think the DeAndre Hopkins deal came through, uh, yeah. the, the extension, uh, which, what was it, two-year extension? Added on yeah. to... So you get a two-year extension for over $50 million total, $27.5 mil per year. Sheesh. Four, yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> Forty-two and a half mil guaranteed for a guy who hasn't played it down with the team. Do you think? What they're... Did, you, did you see him wearing the goggles in training camp? <laughs> I mean, that's got to be why they they are like, we have to lock this guy up. We clear cannot... vision, clear <laughs> clear vision, new contract, can't lose, can't and... lose. <laughs> goggles hop is just another man. <laughs> he's the forty-two million man. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, with him, he's locked up in, until 2024 now. He became the second highest paid receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anyone deserves it, it's him. He's been he's been the GOAT <laughs> for the past five or six years now with a lot of instability at quarterback. And then when Watson came, he was still a beast. And now he's going to kind of be that heir apparent to Fitzgerald for the Cardinals. It's a solid forward-thinking move again. Yeah, I mean, contract is well-deserved. I mean, yeah. You know this, and for anybody that doesn't know this, about I love DeAndre Hopkins. I think I, mean, I think he is, and I mean, this might upset some some Michael Thomas people out there, some Devontae Adams people out there. I mean, I think DeAndre Hopkins is the most talented wide receiver in the NFL, and again, what you just kind of referred to is the quarterback play he's had to deal with. You know, Tom Savage, Brandon Weaver, <laughs> uh, T.J. Yates. Let's keep this going. Brock Osweiler. <laughs> I mean, all all names that are you know easy to just kind of. You, they kind of fade away. You, know, you have to remember Tom Savage's name. You have to remember these guys. These guys were DeAndre Hopkins' quarterback when he was producing, you know, wide receiver one numbers over and over and over. We've really – I mean, he's really just become, like, you know, as consistent as they come. And, uh, you know, with his move to the Cardinals this offseason, I was, I was really excited about that, you know, pre, pre-COVID, pre, pre-quarantine. And, you know, lockdown hit, you know, football was kind of in question for a little bit. Training camp wasn't going to happen the same way. OTAs weren't going to happen. I cooled off a little bit on, you know, the Hopkins connection, at least to start the season from a fantasy perspective. Uh, 
uh, still loving, you know, the long-term, you know, stability of him being in Arizona with a young quarterback like Kyler Murray and up-and-coming offense like the Cardinals. Um, you know, high tempo. I'm expecting them to be scoring a lot of points. One of the things that really got me into DeAndre Hopkins' fantasy value this year, which I've talked to you about, and I'll, I'll explain to our listeners a little bit, which is, you know, sometimes when you're thinking about season-long redraft leagues, you're looking at all these things, and I don't love to be a, you know, a slave to the schedule, but early in the season, I think it's something that's you know, kind of important to look at because your feelings on a player drastically change week to week you know, based on what they're doing. And DeAndre Hopkins' first seven weeks to me are, are cake. I, I love it. I mean, he plays week one, he's got the Niners, which you know isn't a great matchup for you know, the, the team completely. The Niners are a solid defense, but I don't see anybody, you know, I don't see Richard Sherman shadowing DeAndre Hopkins. That's typically not something that Richard Sherman does. Yeah, it's typically he stays on his own side. I mean, Daryl Rivas has made a point to call him out for doing that. <laughs> he's, not a, he's not a guy that follows the number one receiver. And then they got Washington week two, the, the Washington football team, who I don't think has any corner that can check DeAndre Hopkins. They got Detroit week three, who we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll see if Jeff Okuda is willing to, to take, take on that responsibility, if that's something that the Lions have to do and take on DeAndre Hopkins. But we're still talking about you know, one of the most dominant receivers in the league against potentially you know, a rookie corner. Then we got the Pan- they got the Panthers week four. Uh, again, kind of a messy secondary. Dante Jackson's there, but I mean, I'll give the edge to DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> and then they play the, play the New York Jets, Cowboys, and then I believe it is the Seahawks. Uh, it's going to be the seventh one. So he's starting off the season with the Niners, uh, the Washington football team, which I can't get used to, uh, the Lions, <laughs> the Panthers, the Jets, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks. And from my perspective, that's really only two matchups that might actually give DeAndre Hopkins trouble. It's the Niners and potentially uh, potentially the Seahawks, potentially the Lions, I guess, but I, I just don't see that as being too tough for him. I'm firing up DeAndre Hopkins, and I mean, that was, that was one of the things, the schedule was kind of the thing that set me over the edge with him. I just, and now this contract, I mean, the one knock has been, is he going to be a, you know, 150 target guy now that he's in this Cardinals offense? He's not like the only guy, which, which he wasn't in Houston, but he's not, you know, locked into these 150 targets. And then you get this extension, <laughs> 40 million, whatever guaranteed. And I, I find it hard to believe that, you know, DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to be really worked in as much as he can be. And he's open. Kyler's going to target him. I, I don't see there being a problem there. I, I still have him as a top five. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if you're talking like matchup proof, Hopkins has got to be at the top of the list. Uh, One thing that I've been kind of getting excited about is Kingsbury season two with that offense. He translates from college, one of the biggest passing offenses spread out. I feel like he kind of had to slow into it during his first year. Didn't really want to give away all his cards right away. Didn't have Mm -hmm. all the pieces he wanted to really utilize that kind of scheme. And now they get this alpha wide receiver one they might just be throwing it a ton they could just like complete the process you know yeah it totally seemed like a completing the process move they had this idea in mind that okay we need this number one for some reason they want to trade him to us let's get it done let's lock him up (laughs) for some reason like his whole rookie contract they're gonna have him now it seems like a slam dunk move yeah i I think they're making i mean the cardinals are making it Conservative effort as a Super Bowl run here, just get everything they can while Kyler's on that rookie contract and, and try and take it as far as they can. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited about that offense this year, and I mean, I think it seems like we're both in on DeAndre Hopkins, so we can we can move on from there. And I think anybody that's 
it's apprehensive about him and worried about him. I mean, the way that I <laughs> consoled myself was take a look Don't at that schedule. I think, I think the <laughs> schedule's, I think the schedule's good. And, um, I mean, we're going to get to see DeAndre Hopkins with Jalen Ramsey this year again. That's going to be fun. That's really the one of the only matchups where you can maybe temper expectations a little bit. But and that one's just fun. Those two just love to compete against oh, each yeah. other. They were they were both like excited to get to play each other again. And so mm-hmm. that that one will be fun. Um, and then like we kind of touched on the Leonard Fournette back back in the news again. Um, he's 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 all over the place. You can't he stop. Quit. You can't stop from Fournette from making a headline. And today it was, uh, Fournette was quoted saying, this will be the first time in my life I have a quarterback. So, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what, what do we take from that? I mean, I don't, I don't love the slight on my boy Gardner Minshew. I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, I, yeah, I, it's, it's tough. Obviously, that defense kind of carried the team in Jacksonville, but you had a guy like Bortles who kind of did what was asked and to, to kind of burn that bridge and – it, it's kind of telling why they felt so, like, okay with just letting Fournette go. He doesn't seem yeah. to be the most uh, respectful guy to his teammates and to organizations. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, he's, little... he's not wrong, really. Their <laughs> quarterbacks weren't great, but it's just kind of just a bad look in my eyes to kind of burn the bridges that he's doing. Yeah, it gives you a little insight almost. And, uh, you know, and we talked about it yesterday with Fournette a little bit. He, again, he wasn't a perfect citizen in, in Jacksonville. And you kind of wonder, you know, when you hear those things about a player and you don't know what's going on within the organization. And, I mean, Lenny's made it pretty obvious since he's left that he, I mean, he's shot, shot, shot. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's taking shots at everybody he has a chance to. So it's, it's, yeah, I agree. It's kind of telling in his personality. I mean, I still stand by kind of what I said yesterday. Is, and, and Bruce Arians said it today, whether you believe Bruce Arians or not anymore. But he said Leonard's going to have a significant role week one, which, which means something different to an NFL head coach than it does to, you know, a fantasy manager, you know, a mm-hmm. fantasy analyst trying to, trying to consider this. A week one role could mean completely different things to, you know, a coach than it does to, to fantasy where we're looking at touches and we're looking at, you know, red zone opportunities. We're looking at, you know, targets. And I, I don't know that all that's going to come right away. I, I Again, we touched on it yesterday, so I won't spend too much time. I picked up Leonard Fournette a couple times in a couple leagues late because uh, he's getting that discount after switching teams. I mean, everybody's kind of not sure if they're in or out. I, I took advantage of it in a couple times in a couple leagues for with him dropping. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't love that. I, 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 <laughs> I don't love him just you know taking shots at everybody. But I, I, I also feel a little bit, you know, he, he feels like he was given up on. I think that mm-hmm. he's also, his name's kind of been dragged through the dirt. He, he's trying to, you know, recreate himself. I don't know that this is the best way to do it, but um, he does have the GOAT now. So I, mean, yeah. I don't think that there's no debate that Tom Brady's the best quarterback he's played with, whether or not those <laughs> other guys were, were as bad as he's making them seem. Tom Brady is clearly in a tier, a tier, a tier, a tier above <laughs> those mm-hmm. other guys. Um, yeah, and like we were saying yesterday, he right when he got signed, he had that Bucks polo on. He took that picture with Brady. This might just be <laughs> him like trying to like fluff up Tom a little bit more. He's like, "All right, Tom, you're the best. I'm ready to play with you." Yeah, no, I I 100% agree with that. He's he's doing whatever he can to buy into the buy into the Bucks and I guess be their new guy. So we'll see. We got another running back situation to talk about, which I know you and I both kind of have different opinions on, but. Uh, you know, Leonard's old team, the Jaguars, mm-hmm. now have announced two different starters. Uh, <laughs> <I don't, laughs> uh, it was first uh, a Zigbo, 
you know, we had a Zigbo who was announced divine a Zigbo, if you don't know, and who I would recommend is, you know, kind of a late, late stash or, you know, look under waiver wire, check if divine a Zigbo is there. Um, not putting too much stock into the Jaguars uh, running back situation, but, you know, I'll take, I'll take a guy late on my bench that has a chance to be the starter. And for divine, it looks like he was going to have that shot about three days ago when they said that, <laughs> that he was the starter. And then, Yesterday they came out, and now uh, I'll, I'll let you do the honors. Who, who did they announce as the new starter? Yep, Jacksonville Jaguars have announced my man, undrafted rookie, James Robinson, is the official starter, at least for week one. So take it as you will. I mean, they are Jacksonville. I would not advise really starting Jacksonville running back ever this season. But it's a pretty cool victory for Robinson, who I was reading just a couple of weeks ago was on the verge of maybe not even making their roster. So for a guy to kind of impress the way he did, I think that's pretty telling that he could earn the coach's trust like that and kind of show that he might be the dog for them. And looking back on his college stats, he was he was a workhorse at Illinois State. He was getting 200 plus carries a year for them. He was he was the man, and he played in the Shrine East-West game, which is pretty much like a senior all-star game for college players. He had the longest run in that game's history, like 65-yard touchdown run. And he just kind of proved to me, just looking back after, I mean, I wasn't really on board with Robinson up until a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to claim that, but he's, he looks like a stud and they're going to give him every opportunity to, to prove himself in this, which should be a pretty down year for Jacksonville. So for me, he's a pretty cool late round stash that has potential to get that kind of volume that you're looking for in a late round running back. So there's Austin's advice, you know, take a look at James Robinson. I, I'd say take a look at Ezekiel. I'd say take a look at both of them and kind of kind of make your decision if, if Chris Thompson's out there. Chris Thompson looks like he's going to probably be the passing down back for the Jaguars. He has the he has the history with Jay Gruden, you know, the new offensive coordinator. It, mm-hmm. it looks like, I mean, Chris Thompson should have, should have his normal role, which is, you know, productive pass catcher, especially in PPR leagues, you know, if you have a chance to grab him. Uh, we'll see, you know, Chris Thompson's never really been able to stay on the field too long. So uh, I'd have to imagine they're going to have one of these guys, you know, as the early down back. Raquel Armstead is, I believe, again now on the COVID list. Mm-hmm. He, he was on it, looking to come off. Now he's back inactive. So, um, yeah, I mean, take, take a look at any of those Jags running backs. You've got James Robinson, Divine Sigbo, and Chris Thompson. And, you know, make your, your educated guess. I guess you heard, heard kind of how both of us feel and uh, I don't know. One, one more thing, I guess. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna shit on Odell Beckham today, so we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let that slide. Um, and I don't know. Another guy that I you know I'm kind of, I'm you know half joking about. It's a, it's a kicker. So, but I am excited. I picked him up in a lot of leagues. Uh, oh. But Rodrigo Blankenship uh, coming out hot of the hot, hot rod Blankenship. He's uh, gonna be the Colts kicker. He won the job in camp. He was undrafted. Uh, he's kind of you know viral viral type kicker in Georgia. They were always playing in big games. He wears he wears the goggles, which you'll see. You know, DeAndre I'm sensing the theme goggles. on your team, Shay. You like guys with goggles. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the clear <laughs> clear vision. Can't lose. You know, we're we're, we're taking the 2020 approach uh, <laughs> with the goggles. But yeah, I mean, I picked up Blankenship in a couple leagues, and you know, my kind of thought process was, you know, aside from you know Justin Tucker, Harrison Butker. Uh, Will Lutz, like in these, you know, high-powered offenses, you're kind of just, and we'll use that theme again, you're kind of just throwing darts at which kicker is going to perform against a different matchup. And uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Maybe Blankenship becomes one of those mainstay kickers, one of those kickers that, you know, 
the Colts trust. And I, I've, I've had my uh, badge before with the, the Chargers kicker. With Phillip Rivers, he's been productive. And, you know, I, I expect the Colts offense to be pretty efficient and have a lot of opportunities. So I picked up Blankenship. And, you know, you can, you can kind of ch- check out our Twitter or anything on him where we're having some fun with Rodrigo Blankenship with Hot Rod. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my, like, one of my rules with kickers, you got to have a fun kicker. A guy that has a cool nickname. I've been a big Greg the Leg guy for a while. Love Greg the Leg. Hot Rod stepping in. Another guy, though, Young Ho. <laughs> Love Young Ho. <laughs> Young Ho's good. I mean, they should probably give Young Ho extra points for all those onside kicks that he does. You know, if he does an onside kick that gets recovered, you should probably get points for those because he's changing the game of onside kicks. He's actually, he's made, he's become a weapon. Um, Nobody cool. like Young Ho in the league. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll move on. I mean, today we're kind of trying to get into would be some week one preview. Uh, it's, you know, draft season's coming to an end. We've, we've all you know, been anticipating the season starting. We've all been getting excited about it. Uh, it's, it's coming. You know, it's on Thursday. We've got two more days. And, yeah, Thursday, Sunday. I mean, I tweeted this yesterday. We can finally, instead of say week one, we can just say Thursday, mm-hmm. Sunday. You know, like, <laughs> I saw somebody tweet, you know, AJ Green will be active Sunday. And I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, instead that's of awesome. week one. Like, it's cool <laughs> to just say Sunday. Um, but yeah, let's go into a couple of those matchups. I mean, I've got some of them pulled up here. We mm-hmm. touched on a little bit yesterday with, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey's play in the Raiders. We both love that matchup. We don't have to spend much time on that. Uh, we've got Ezekiel Elliott. He's going to be playing on Sunday night against the Rams. I guess I should have prefaced this. We're going to start with some of the running backs. So we've got Ezekiel Elliott playing against the Rams. Any thoughts on that? I mean, you got Aaron Donald. They brought back Michael Brockers. They lost Corey Littleton up the middle, though, so their linebacking core is not looking that that good at the moment. Uh, I mean, Zeke's, to me, is one of the safest bets, really, any matchup. They're going to feed him the ball a ton. He's 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 the man. I mean, we'll go down even a little bit deeper because, I mean, all those type of guys, we're all going to be starting those. You know, Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Josh Yeah, all these guys you're picking, like, rounds one through three. You're really not going to bench them. All those guys are starters. Um, let's talk about an interesting one again. I mean, Sean McVay dropped a little bit of the headline today, whether whether or not you, again, trust the coach speaker or not, but it seems like he wants to you know, be running a full rotation in their backfield. Would you feel comfortable starting Camp Akers week one? No, I wouldn't personally. Um, they're going to see what they have, I think, with all three of them, see if anyone can really separate themselves. Um, I think they kind of just – gave like a little respect nod to uh, Malcolm Brown week one since he's just been around the longest and he really hasn't got been given a shot with Gurley there in the past couple years so to me it's more of just a respect thing and I don't know with the team like the Rams I, I kind of do believe that McVay is going to implement a, a heavy rotation so unless mm-hmm. Akers kind of has a few big plays in, in the first game I, I think it's going to be a pretty pretty solid mix of the him and Henderson and and Acres. Yeah, I agree. I'll, I also need to start an Acres week one, but and I'm excited to see what's going to happen with him. But I, I wouldn't start up week one. Mm-hmm. And we could talk about another guy who's kind of a fringe fringe starter. Would be we just touched on him, Kareem Hunt. Would you feel good about starting Kareem Hunt week one? It's a tough one. Kareem, they're playing the Ravens, right? Ravens defense. They're playing the Ravens. Ravens yeah, they're, playing at, they're playing at Baltimore. <laughs> their defense is pretty stout. Um, Kareem, to me, he'd really only be appealing if in a flex spot. If I have to put him as my running back too, I'd be a little bit nervous. Um, what do you think about him? Yeah, I, 
I like flexing crew hunt this week. I mean, kind of from a different way to look at it is, I mean, I expect the Ravens defense to be top five defense this year, adding Calais Campbell, you know, the, the guys that they already had. They're going to be awesome. But I, we touched on a little bit in, you know, our episode one yesterday is Baltimore, you know, scores fast and they get leads quickly. And, you know, you're, I feel like everybody's always chasing points against Baltimore if you're if they're anything like they were last year, which I expect them to be. And Kareem Hunt, I think, is going to be that pass kicking back. And I think if, if the Browns get down, I think that you're going to see a lot of Kareem Hunt, which I think mm-hmm. is going to probably, you know, scare some of the Nick Chubb owners. If, if it becomes like 21-0 or, you know, 21-10, they're, they're chasing points. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Kareem Hunt's kind of going to be the guy who's, who's taking on more, more snaps at that point. Uh, in, in sort of a comeback mode because I think he's just like such a clean pass catcher and so yeah I, I don't mind Kareem Hunt it's like kind of a flex play if anybody, if anybody was debating that um, what do you think in a non-PPR though you feeling as good with Kareem no not, non-PPR I'm, I'm not starting Kareem this week um, kind of from the things that you said I think the Baltimore defense is strong if you're if you're not you know getting points for those catches and I still think, you know, a catch is still valuable in mm-hmm. BBR. You're still, you know, it's still more valuable than a carry. You're still you know, getting the ball, like, in space, know, yeah. Five, yeah, five yards, 10 yards, like, depending on, you know, what the, what the average, like, the depth of the target is. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't feel as comfortable starting him in, in standard leagues. But in PPR, if you had to, you know, I would play him in my flex. If you were, like, you know, maybe you picked one of these rookie running backs and you don't feel great about playing them week one, uh, I think you at least know – which you know the talent you're going to get with Cleveland. I mean, it's going to depend on the situation, but I, I do expect him to be involved, especially if they're chasing points. Um, Fresh off that contract, too. Yeah. <laughs> Money talks. Money talks. Money definitely talks. Um, let's see. What about either of those Denver running backs? How do you feel about starting Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay week one? And Philip Lindsay does not quit, huh? <laughs> I would hate to be the other running backs on Denver. He just has the biggest chip on his shoulder. I don't know. Melvin Gordon, I was starting to come around to him a little bit. I felt like he really picked up his his game at the end of last year. But having a guy like Lindsey just working his ass off all the time, he's he's going to really push those other guys. And I think it will be, actually be a pretty even split. I kind of am buying that coach talk where they're going to be 50-50. Yeah. I mean, I, I think regardless, when people are gonna, you're gonna have to start Melvin Gordon probably where you drafted him. If you drafted him as you know your RB two or if you got him as your RB three, awesome. But I mean, yeah, you're probably gonna have to start him. I, it's, it's a Monday night game, which I should, I think the Monday night games, you know, are not, not that sexy a matchups on Monday night for the yeah. open of the season. You know, we got Denver, Denver, Tennessee, and then uh, is that second one? We got the Giants and the Steelers on Monday. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really like love either of those matchups just as a, as a fan just watching on Monday night I wish we had like you know I wish Tampa and, and oh, New Orleans were playing of course on Monday night in prime time um, but yeah so it's like we got those guys I, I would like I said you're going to have to start Melvin Gordon unfortunately if, if, if you don't feel good about it he's probably a guy that you spent you know your, you spent the capital on to get as an RB2 or you know, to get as a starter so I expect him to be in most lineups, and I kind of expect Philip Lindsay not to be, and I think that that might be something that, you know, <laughs> it's going to frustrate Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Is, is, is it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to have to watch when Philip Lindsay doesn't quit. And you know, I heard somebody uh, does like Denver radio, you know, he was talking about Philip Lindsay and saying, you know, he just, he ruins all of the Broncos' plans. You know, it's like whenever <laughs> they have a plan, 
I mean, they drafted him and the Royce Freeman the same year. Royce Freeman was supposed to be the guy. Nope, Bill Lindsay, two years in a row, consecutive thousand-yard rusher. Uh, it's either five or six guys in the NFL are actually back-to-back thousand-yard rushers, and Philip Lindsay's one of them. So he's kind of one of those guys on, on those lists that you see, you know, it's, you know, all the big names, and then Philip Lindsay's actually run back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. So uh, I think he's going to be a, a thorn in Melvin Gordon's side, and, you know, frustrating for for fantasy owners, I, I don't love the Denver backfield as a as a as a fantasy guy. Um, let's see. What about your Lions? How do you, are you starting any Lions running backs with one? I was just thinking about that. I really wouldn't start him if I had to start one this week. It'd probably be Carry On, just because I mean that's what that's what the news is looking like. He's I mean Swift has had uh, some undisclosed injury for the past couple weeks and. It seems to me why they kind of push for Adrian Peterson as that kind of stability in the backfield. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a mess, I think, for for most of the most of the year until one of those guys really steps up. So I'm staying away from the Lions' backfield for a while now. Yeah, I'm definitely definitely not starting any of the week one. Uh, another messy backfield. We'll talk about the Patriots. What about any of those guys week one? <laughs> I mean, my gut's kind of telling me Rex Burkhead's going to have a big game, <laughs> just randomly. Yeah. But, I mean, James White seems like really the only safe option for them. If you're in a PPR league, he's he's going to be getting catches. Yeah, I like James White in a PPR league. I mean, it's it almost seems like all the dominoes are just falling for James White to just do James White again. Mm-hmm. And all the, you know, all the hype was around you. Damian Harris, Damian Harris is, like, looking like he's going to be the starter. And they – and they signed Lamar Miller a couple months or a couple weeks ago. Lamar Miller's cut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Damian Harris is hurt. Uh, Sonny Michelle coming off the PUP list. Who I don't know. You know, you can kind of make your judgment on Sonny Michelle, but he seems to never, you know, fully be going. And we'll mm-hmm. see about him. I think he's going to be active. He's going to be active week one. He's going to be playing week one, but we'll see him like really what capacity they play against Miami. So. An improved Dolphins defense, I think, is what we're expecting. Uh, I, I don't really expect the Patriots to be you know, coming from behind too much in that game, but I, I, I agree. I think James White and Rex Burkett are kind of just going to be, you know, used in, like, all sorts of roles. And I think it's, it's interesting to consider that, you know, the Patriots don't really have much, you know, stability at wide receiver aside from Julian Edelman. And we'll see about Nikhil Harry. But they can use both of these running backs as receivers. And, Rex Burkhead's really versatile. James White, extremely versatile. Can both, you know, act as, you know, pseudo receivers and considering they don't have much depth at that position. So I would I would start James White, you know, if I had to in like a flex position. I, I, he's probably not too many people's art bar mm-hmm. too. But in a flex, I would start him. Um, yeah, I mean, I really wouldn't be all that surprised if Cam Newton's their leading rusher week one. Yeah. This is just going to be like Maybe. a completely different looking offense for them. And it seems like Can't. they're just going to be confusing defenses. Cam Newton might be the leading rusher all season for the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, he probably if, Cam, if, if Cam Newton can put up, you know, 500 yards rushing this year, which is like, you know, well in the realm of possibilities for him, he could you know, maybe score the seven, eight touchdowns. He could, he could be the Patriots, you know, leading running back in touchdowns and yardage. So, I, I, you know, it's not, not a fun backfield to have a part of. I, I, I like James White just for the, for the floor. But, you know, he is what he is. We, we kind of we know what he is. But uh, he's the one that I feel best about. And another split backfield, I mean, I hate to keep just, you know, pounding, talking about Fournette, but it, 
it's, it's an interesting situation. In week one, they're going to be playing at New Orleans. Uh, you got Donald Jones, you got Leonard Fournette, you got LaShawn McCoy, maybe Keyshawn Vaughn. They have like either four running backs that are there. Do you feel comfortable starting any of them? I would guess it's going to be you know, Ronald Jones or Fournette. Yeah, I mean, kind of like what I was saying with the Rams, I feel like they might just start with Rojo as a starter, just out of like respect. He's been there all, all year and he was their guy last year, so they'll probably give him the first nod. But I mean, Fournette's talking the talk. I feel like he's really going to step up and and bring his game. So if I actually had to start one, I, I would I wouldn't feel bad starting Fournette. Yeah. Yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think that, and again, I just you know, I just talked about it. And we, we don't know really what like a significant role means, but mm-hmm. and who knows, you know, really what Fournette's been able to pick up in the less than a week that he's been on Tampa. But he, I don't know. I mean, I think that I agree that I think it's going to be Ronald Jones to start. Um, and I think if you know we see a little bit of old Ronald Jones, we see him like you know being efficient. We see him. And I'm sorry for anybody out there. I'm sure Ronald Jones has some good efficiency stats too, but he, he just hasn't been like, you know, not blowing us away. Uh, mm-hmm. He's never he's never really blown me away with his talent in the NFL. If he starts off a little bit slow, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they give it give Fournette some touches, see what he can do. Um, I'm a believer in you know, Fournette's talent. I think that he, you know, he he's motivated, and I think that he might take advantage right away if they give him those touches. So uh, we'll, we'll move on to wide receiver here because – those are really like the main, the main running back decisions that people are going to have to make. The rest of those running backs are probably locked in starters at, at that point. Um, receivers are always tough, you know. Beside, there's just so many of them, and I'll try and pull up some guys, you know, in some different situations. A guy, you know, we'll talk about Thursday night. You got Will Fuller playing at Kansas City, and. You know, the big knock on Fuller, he's never never healthy for for too long, but you got to think at least he's going to be healthy for mm. week one. <laughs> Where do you have him week one? I'm looking at one right now, actually, Yahoo has Matt Harmon, you know, the, the wide receiver god from Yahoo, who's you know, a huge, huge wide receiver analyst and he's, he studies these guys really, really, uh, really deep. He's, he's got Will Fuller number eight this week. So he's got him as a top ten play week one against Kansas City. How do you, how do you feel? Would you feel comfortable starting yeah, I would. I think if you uh, if you slide him in a flex, you can feel pretty confident that he has that big play potential. And like we touched on the other day, it's probably going to be one of the higher scoring games this week. And he has that connection with, with Watson. They got Cobb in, who's going to be more of that underneath guy. And yeah, I mean, just if they start slinging it in the second half, he's probably going to be the recipient of some of those throws. So I could totally Looking see up. him putting up 150 yards. I'm looking up the over-under right now, just out of curiosity. It's 54.5 points. Uh, Chiefs are favored by nine. So they're going to give nine points to the Texans. 54.5. Do you think that that hits the over? I'm pounding the over on that. I think it's going to be, you know, I guess if my software, I'll do this on-the-spot prediction. I'm going to say, you know, Chiefs give them – I'm going to say Chiefs 35, uh, Texans 31. I love that prediction. Yeah, because we were talking the other day, you said a pretty interesting stat about Deshaun Watson and how he had a streak of keeping games within seven points since, like, high school. Like, every game was within one touchdown. This game's going to be a close game. These guys are ultimate competitors. They both got paid. They're both hungry to prove themselves as the top quarterback. I think both teams are going to hit in the 30s for sure. Um, Yeah. I'm willing to say the Chiefs are 
are going to win. Uh, go 38-34. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're both we're both in the 30s there. I mean, yeah, I said it yesterday too. I think it's just going to be fireworks. I think there's going to be overreactions. I think it's going to just hit the round running. You know, you're going to see Stephen A. Smith the next morning on ESPN just going, Patrick Mahomes is a bad <laughs> man after he throws like five touchdowns yeah. in one. And it's just going to, I mean, it's just going to go. I mean, Chiefs are going to hit the ground rolling. I think Texans are no slouch either, at least offensively. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they're both going to be hitting. I, I think it's a good point too. Deshaun Watson and Mahomes are coming off these, these just massive contracts. And I think they're both, eager to go prove that they deserve them. So uh, I'll talk about another guy who's, you know, similar to Will Fuller in terms of just a big play guy, uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown, week one. Uh, they're playing the Browns. I don't know if you remember what Hollywood did last season, week one. I mean, first two receptions as an NFL player, yep. he scored two touchdowns. So he's just electric. I mean, whenever I talk about Hollywood, I hashtag electricity. He's just, <laughs> he just turns the lights on, keeps the lights on. He's just, he's, he's huge. Uh, huge big play guy. We didn't really get to see him at full health last year. Uh, we mentioned it yesterday, you know, Hollywood put on 20 pounds this off season, uh, 20, 20 plus. Mm-hmm. So he, he should be a little bit bulkier, maybe be able to stay on the field a little bit longer. Uh, how would you feel about him week one against the Browns? I'm all in on Hollywood. I tried doing his diet that he was doing this off season. He was eating like 3000 calories, eating like four protein shakes a day. This dude is, if he kept that up for a while, he is probably incredibly jacked. So add that speed to that muscle. It's going to be really, really hard to stop him. I mean, I don't even think Denzel Ward, who's one of the top guys can keep, keep up with him. So yeah, big plays. Yeah, going, I, bet I think I'll all the fun stuff going on in the Baltimore offense. I mean, I think if Hollywood's out there, he's just able to take advantage of something. You know, any mistake the secondary makes, you know, Hollywood Brown is just able to exploit it. So, I, I agree. I, I, I don't feel bad starting Hollywood week one. I, I like it. All. I mean, I got, I got visions of last year week one, you know, which is his first NFL action. And like, they just, you know, hit the ground running. So, I don't mind Hollywood week one either. I think that one's a good start. This one's interesting. The one that we've talked about uh, just – personally to each other and a guy that I'm really high on but a tough week one matchup is Tyler Boyd versus the Chargers and he's a guy that I think a lot of people have picked with the intention to start but it's a tough matchup week one. Oh yeah I mean Chris Harris will probably be covering him in the slot if that's the case it's going to be a really hard matchup for Boyd to to really create any separation I mean I'm really only going to start him in PPR and even that mm-hmm. it's kind of a borderline decision for me I'd kind of have to be forced into it if I didn't have a better option. I'm thinking maybe like five, six catches for 50, 60 yards would be a good game against Chris Harris. So yeah. that'd be one I'd, I'd probably be out on unless you're, unless you're kind of, you picked him to be your wide receiver too, then kind of got to put him in there. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Tyler Boyd. I have him, you know, in a lot of teams is either a wide receiver two or wide receiver three, and I'm expecting him to be a top 20 guy throughout the season, but, I can't just tell people with all certainty to go to start him week one because I think it, it is going to be a tough matchup. It's going to be almost touchdown or bust for me because I think he, yeah, he could get, you know, four or five catches, like 50, 60 yards, and that's not a great start. But, you know, if he, if he could find his way into the end zone, maybe if maybe they're trailing in that game. Um, we, t- we talked about that. You know, Cincinnati's defense is it's probably not, you know, their strong point. I mean, if the Chargers can pick up a lead, then maybe we'll see them pass a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, I don't feel super comfortable with Tyler Boyd week one, but I understand that if he's kind of the, the receiver that you have on your roster that, that, that you're having to trust with that role. Um, let's see, which one of these other guys? 
kind of on the edge guy. Let's see, Jerry Judy, week one, rookie. So, you know, it's going to be his first NFL action. Jerry Judy's been someone who has, you know, just been tearing it up in training camp, tearing it up this offseason. He's, I heard quotes that Kareem Jackson, you know, defensive back for the Broncos, is, you know, saying Kareem, or saying that uh, Jerry Judy's the best route runner he's ever seen. I heard, I heard this offseason. I heard this offseason. Jerry Judy said he was working out with Emmanuel Sanders this offseason, and Emmanuel Sanders was asking him for tips. So, wow. I mean, he's a special talent. I think we all know that. He's he's in Denver now, where you know they have different targets. They have Corbin Sutton. They have Noah Fant. We have the running backs we already talked about. Would you feel comfortable starting Jerry Judy week one? It's tough. I mean, they are playing Monday night, so you really got to be be feeling strong about it to to have to watch everyone else play and then mm-hmm. hope this rookie can step up. Me personally, yeah. I just buy into his talent, and I really feel like Drew Locke is going to love his, like, separation. He's going to be open quite a bit, I have a feeling. So, yeah, I'd, I'd feel pretty good starting Judy. Yeah. I don't mind I don't mind Judy in week one either. I mean, it depends on, you know, how big of a league you're in or, you know, what kind of flex spots you have. But maybe in, like, a, you know, the 10-team league, we'd probably have, you know, a, a stronger team of starters. And maybe I'd wait and see, but in, like, a 12-team league or if you may be in, like, you know, daily fantasy, anything like that. I mean, I think Jerry Judy's a good bet to just kind of like get going right, right, mm-hmm. right from week one. And I, I mean, his value is probably as low as it's going to be all season. Yeah, so. that's a, that's a good point. That's a good point for sure. And then, uh, what about your boy Deontay Johnson? Is he someone that you feel good about starting week one against? He's playing against I, the Giants. Yeah, so I would at, start. At I would start Ebron, Juju, and Deontay. I have a feeling Big Ben's going to come out throwing throwing some rockets against the Giants who unfortunately for DeAndre Baker he got cut he had a lot of (laughs) off the field issues we don't really get into that he's got his own shit to work out but uh yeah Giants secondary seems like still has a lot of work that needs to be done and I'm just kind of buying into Big Ben coming back healthy Steelers I feel like they got a lot of momentum going their defense really picked it up from last year they feel like they're going to be pretty solid this year and the passing game is going to be a big reason why. Well, here's one more receiver I'll ask you, but who I'm personally really excited about. Uh, just you know, season long, and especially week one, is Stephon Diggs, who's playing against the Jets week one. Oh, that's nice. It's great. I mean, I think it's a great matchup. And if I'm if I'm wrong, again, like, you know, like I've said, I'll believe the reasons for, for why I was in. I mean, he's playing the Jets, and that's enough reason for mm-hmm. that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I just I, – I love Stephon Diggs. I think Stephon Diggs is great. I kind of think that he's been you know, a little bit overshadowed in terms of what he actually is able to do and kind of like, you know, how he stacks up against some of these other guys. I really think he's a top 15 talent as a wide receiver in the NFL. Um, he's finally going to have that chance to really be the wide receiver one. And, hey, I mean, week one against the Jets, he could just he could just get going right away. I, I think that they're going to be putting up a good amount of points on the Jets, at least get up early, and hopefully Diggs can be a part of that. Another guy where I think, you know, the second he has a big game, say it's week one, say it's week two, people are going to buy back in, mm-hmm. wonder, wonder why they were out on it in the first right. place. And, so, yeah, I mean, again, like we were talking about in daily, like Stephon Diggs could be fun. He could be a fun matchup. I, I would definitely be starting in any league. There's, there's really a lot of – I mean, it would be fine, yeah. hard tough to find a situation where you're going to be benching Stephon Diggs against the Jets. Yeah, no doubt. And you kind of brought it up too. When he was in Minnesota, I, I feel like he really felt disrespected that he wasn't treated as that 
like pure alpha wide receiver with Kirk Cousins and uh, Adam Thielen's connection there. So him leaving and Josh Allen kind of having, I think he has like a lot to prove this year. I think they're going to actually hook up quite a few times for some really deep touchdowns. Probably week one, I could see him putting up a couple. So I, I like that pick a lot. Yeah. No, I mean, on that, let's talk about some of the uh, some of the QB QB streamers or later QBs. Again, there's you know a, a group of guys that you're just not taking out of your lineup. You know, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak, Russell Wilson, uh, Watson. You know, Kyler Murray is a guy who everybody has in their top five. He's playing San Francisco at San Francisco week one. Um, it's, it's tough. I mean, people are picking Kyler early, so there's there's really no question. I feel like he's going to be started on every team that picks him, but I mean, you're looking at the Cardinals offensive line. It's really not that much better than last year. And he was sacked probably in the top five. I don't know the exact stat and it's going to be tough for them to cover Bosa. They got Kinlaw now, you got D Ford coming back. You got Armstead there. He's going to be running around for his life, but I mean, if, like we talked about Hopkins for, for a few minutes, he's, he's going to help him out a ton just yeah. as a nice security blanket for him. Um, but, I mean, I still think he could have a few struggles. He really needs to work on limiting the turnovers. So if, mm-hmm. he, can, if he can hold back on those, he, he should definitely have a pretty, pretty solid season, especially week one. Yeah. I mean, another guy that I'm, I'm, I personally like a lot week one and who I just I think is, again, being kind of forgotten about or you know, undervalued is you know, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is playing at Minnesota week one. Minnesota secondary, you know, at least their cornerbacks have kind of you know, fallen apart over these past couple of years. Like, you know, Xavier Rhodes out. Mm-hmm. Mike Hughes, we still got, like, Harrison Smith. They got Anthony Harris, you know, one of, one of the better safeties. Uh, but yeah, they're I don't know. They're on Jeff Gladney, I think, as a starter. Jeff Gladney, I think, is going to be a starter. I mean, we're just, again, talking about you just you get too far into these narratives sometimes about Rodgers, you know, wasn't as good. Rodgers kind of fading away. Who's going to guard Devontae Adams? I mean, there's just nobody who's going to cover Devontae Adams in that game. I always talk back to him as an Eagles fan last year. I believe I think it was week four, Thursday night, uh, right before Devontae Adams got hurt. But he was, you know, it was Packers-Eagles prime time. And, you know, I was just getting off work and rushing to this bar to watch it. By the time I got there, Devontae already had, you know, like seven or eight catches. And we were in the first half, if I, if I recall correctly, and I, I remember watching it, you know, once I got to the bar, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, he could do this all game. Like, mm-hmm. he could break Brandon Marshall's, you know, catch record today. Like, we don't have anybody that can check Devontae. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a problem just, you know, leaning on that one guy and targeting mm-hmm. him a ton. Like, I think it was over the past two or three years, Devontae averages double-digit double targets. So, I mean, he averages, like, you know, ten and a half targets per game. And there's just, you know, certain matchups like that where I think at least – you know, him, and we'll see what happens with Lazard. And, you know, they got, like, these stable of running backs with Jones and Dylan, Jamal Williams. Right? I think I just saw Dylan showed up third on their depth chart. We'll see what that actually means. But I just – I don't know. I think the Green Bay is going to be a little bit better than people expect. It'll depend a lot on, you know, Alan Lazard and kind of like what role he can play. But like you just said, I mean, they, they just don't have anybody that – you know, can check Devontae Adams. And when there's just a matchup that's that off, I think that, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae are going to take advantage week one. I think Aaron Rodgers is, you know, being some – is somebody that people probably picked a second quarterback on their team when they picked Rodgers. 
And depending on who that quarterback is, it's tough tough to say exactly what I would do. But I think Rodgers should be starting a lot of lineups with him. Definitely. Especially if you're playing daily fantasy, that's got to be one of the better stacks you can pick. I mean, Devontae's going to have a pretty high price tag, but like you said, they don't have someone who can stop him, and why wouldn't they just continue continue throwing it to him? Yeah, I mean, Rodgers, like, is, you know, has been known to kind of, you know, he favors these guys that he trusts and he loves mm-hmm. Devontae. And apparently he loves Lazard too. So mm-hmm. we'll see what comes. It seems like a love affair. I mean, Lazard loves Rogers. Rogers <laughs> loves Lazard. They're just complimenting each other all the time. <laughs> so we'll see, what actually, yeah, we'll see what actually comes <laughs> from that. I mean, I, I, I think that's a, that's a good matchup. And then another one that I think is kind of interesting that a lot of people probably won't be, a lot of people probably won't be starting him unless you're in kind of a deeper league. But I mean, Teddy Bridgewater against, against the Raiders. We'll see exactly, you know, what Bridgewater looks like, but I love the you know, plethora of weapons that the Panthers have. I mean, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, you got Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, Ian Thomas, I, I like this year, is kind of a deeper tight end. And I think that Teddy Bridgewater might be a guy, you know, who if you're, if you're streaming quarterbacks, he might be kind of an interesting option that you're not, that you're not considering initially. So yeah, that's one for that sure. I like. Especially you have McCaffrey, they're going to be throwing it to him still a ton. And I mean, as long as he's passing it to him, he's going to get those points. So it's mm-hmm. it's not a bad streaming option for sure. Yeah, exactly. And uh, let's see. How are you feeling about uh, Derek Carr, though? Carolina's defense isn't very good either. Carolina's defense isn't any good. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't mind Derek Carr week one. Again, like Derek Carr and Bridgewater aren't guys that you know I'm super high on season long. I'm a little bit higher on Bridgewater. But yeah, week one, I think. I mean, as much as we're kind of trashing, you know, the Raiders' defense and the Panthers' defense, you have to be equal on both sides. So I think that's fair. I think Derek Carr, you know, if, anybody, if anybody's heard enough about, you know, enough criticisms, enough you know, things about himself, it's Derek Carr. And it gets to him. Derek Carr makes it obvious that, you know, he's, he's impacted by this. You know, he gets, he gets upset. He's and people sensitive. are Yeah, he's sensitive. <laughs> he's, a, he's a sensitive guy, man. And, I mean, with no problem with that. But uh, he's heard all the noise, and, you know, they got all these weapons. It looks like right now it's probably going to be, you know, Ruggs, Edwards, and then Renfro in the slot. And Renfro, dude, Renfro's just another guy, you know. He's just <laughs> always forgotten about everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody everybody raves about Renfro, like, as an actual football player. He's just kind of a guy who forgotten. But that looks like it's going to be their, you know, their starting receivers, and then Waller and Jacobs and, see what kind of role the shard plays but yeah Derek Carr is not a bad matchup week one if you're looking to stream uh another one just, just one more quarterback I'll talk about just as kind of a streaming option Tyrod Taylor playing at the Bengals uh you know Tyrod is it's, it's no secret you know he's, he's able to he's able to run the ball he's able to move with his legs like that that's great and that kind of gives him that safe floor and then you know Cincinnati defense isn't something I'm really expecting a team that I'm expecting much from Keenan Allen, you know, just got his extension. Hunter Henry's healthy. You know, they got Eckler. You got these these running backs. You got Josh Kelly, um, and we'll see if Mike Williams is healthy or not. But I mean, just again as a streamer, Tyrod against the Bengals. It's For sure. you love you love guys with like a rushing floor, or at least like you know, having some sort of rushing ability. Tyrod's got awesome rushing ability, but that's not it. I think that people like to pin Tyrod as you know he's just this runner. I think that Tyrod's got a lot more like in his arm than he gets credit for. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. But he's kind of a fun streamer. 
Yeah, to that point I was making about Bridgewater too, getting it to McCaffrey in the passing game, Eckler is clearly a huge part of their passing game, and he's going to be involved pretty pretty often early. And Tyrod's going to be getting those points for making those throws to him. So, I mean, Eckler caught eight rushing touchdowns or eight uh, receiving touchdowns last year, which is awesome. Which is almost mm-hmm. like you know unheard of as like a running back to be like breaking into eight eight receiving touchdowns. I don't really expect that to replicate, but. He's, he's a big play guy. He's a guy that, you know, spreads out wide as a receiver. He adds like a whole other weapon to their offense. And yeah, Tyrell's kind of a fun, a fun stream week one. If you're, For sure. And I mean, players. how do we know that, that he might not even just be better than Phillip Rivers? <laughs> Rivers <laughs> yeah, really I mean, was not good last year. The whole thing with Tyrod, man. I mean, I liked Tyrod at Virginia Tech. I thought Tyrod was dope. And then he came into the league and, you know, sat in the, sat as a backup on the Ravens for, you know, however long goes to the Bills. Actually, like, makes the Bills a decent team. And then he's back to being a backup. And Anthony Lynn, I think, was finally, you know, said, like, enough's enough. Tyrod actually, like, you know, keeps us in games. Anthony Lynn's big thing, you know, is limit those turnovers. And Tyrod, you know, doesn't turn the ball. He's a smart quarterback. Yeah, if he's pressured, he runs and he uses his legs. I think that's something that, you know, Anthony Lynn's been encouraged with him. It's like, you know, it's, it's not the same as some of these running quarterbacks where you're, like, trying to preserve Lamar Jackson. And, you know, he's kind of like your ticket. You know, if Lamar Jackson goes mm-hmm. down with it. Tyrod can move around, and I, I hate to say that, you know, they don't care about if he's if he gets hurt or not, but, you know, they have this guy they just drafted yeah. sixth overall. So you might as well go balls to the wall with Tyrod and, you know, see what he's got and let him do his thing. And if, he get, if he gets hurt, you know, yeah, you, you've got your number six pick that you can use. But while he's out there, you know, let him, let him produce, let him do what he has to do. And, and for fantasy, that's exciting. For fantasy, that's, that's fun to have a guy like that. Okay. Where he can move and throw. He's got like an elite receiver in my mind. You know, he's got Keenan Allen. He's got like a, you know, a second tier tight end and a guy like Hunter Henry, who you know, I'm excited to see again. And I mean, that, that'll kind of transition us over. Let's move over to some tight ends. Let's see who we got this week. I'll just address this right now. The whole running joke of the Arizona Cardinals last year, just start whoever the the Cardinals are playing at tight end. But I feel like things might be a little bit different this year with that pick of Isaiah Simmons. You got to think that was really a big reason why they went after him. Just that, that huge matchup problem they had all of last year where they were just being exposed week in and week out by tight ends, put in this guy. That problem is pretty much gone in my opinion. Oh, yeah. You've got to imagine Isaiah Simmons has just been watching George Kittle take ball off season, and they've been like, you know, this is what we got you here for. We got you yep. here to, to take out George Kittle. We got you to eliminate him from the game. They just uh, extended Buda Baker, who's their their safety, and he, he's awesome. But at least, you know, you can kind of give Isaiah Simmons, I, I kind of buy into what you're saying, just a role to, like, you know, take out, you know, these big-time tight ends, take out some of these, you know, bigger receivers that might come inside. Like, he's just such a versatile player. Um, so, I mean, again, kind of top, top of this position, you're starting George Kittle, you're starting Kelsey, you're starting Andrews, you're starting Hurts, and then yeah, you're starting Waller against Carolina for sure. That one's a juicy matchup. And yeah, I, I don't nice. have Waller as high this year, but as a, in week one, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on that. I think he's going to be targeted often, and he's going to be able to make some plays there. So, Darren Waller, I'm in on that. How do you feel about Hayden Hurst week one against Seattle? It's going to be his first game in Atlanta. Would you feel comfortable starting him? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, Bobby Wagner's still there. It's going to be tough to be throwing up in the middle on that defense. Uh, I mean, they just traded for Jamal Adams. So 
that secondary is it's going to be pretty tough. I feel like for tight ends to to create against. Um, I mean, we saw how amazing Austin Hooper was, but I wouldn't recommend him this week unless he was your only guy on your roster. I think you could probably find a better matchup. That's how I'm feeling about him. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's it's tough. I think yeah, if you picked Hayden Hurst, you probably picked him to be your starter, and he's probably going to be someone that you're that you're going to line up week one and feel comfortable about. Um, it's it's tough. I mean, I, I I would start him. I think that you kind of get into this range of streamers. And when I'm looking at streamers, you know, I, I want a guy on a good offense. I want a guy that has a good situation. So, Hayden Hurst is you know on Atlanta, one of the high octane, high powered offenses in the NFL, and so. Yeah, I'd be starting Hayden Hurst week one. I got another one, though, that's uh, going to be a little ball buster. We got big <laughs> big game Bob, Rob, Rob Gronkowski. How, how would you feel about starting him week one at, at New Orleans? Uh, it's going to be his first game back in, in over a year. WWE champion Rob Gronkowski. WWE, Super Bowl, Hall of Famer, Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> I'm down. I'm honestly down. I have oh, yeah. a feeling uh, – but Brady and Breeze are going to put up three passing touchdowns, and I just have to assume he's going to he's going to really want to throw a touchdown to Gronk and just kind of get that over with Week One. So I'm I'm feeling a big game for Gronk. The comeback is real, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that one's going to be another one where it's. I mean, I doubt that you know you picked one of the elite guys and then you picked Gronk. You probably got Gronk and then some other you know high upside tight ends. That's just kind of how I would have played it. And yeah, I mean. I, <laughs> Part of me wants to see, like, what his role is going to be. And then mm-hmm. you know, part of me – I've been saying this all off Gronk is the hardest player to actually, you know, rank or project. Because, you know, when you think about the things that we saw last year, you know, Gronk was a little bit banged up. He was a little bit like, you know, a lot of wear and tear on his body. He's still, you know, a Hall of Famer, a guy that's just been, you know, awesome at the position. He's a record-setting, record-setting player. And then you got to consider that, you know, maybe, you know, he was banged up at the end. He just took a year off. You know, he was like, you know, sponsored by some, I forgot the company, his name, some CBD company, you know, getting his, getting his body right. He <laughs> He's lost. just been shown getting faded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he lost all that weight. Uh, he looks like a completely, like, different guy. He almost looks like he's a big slot receiver. And I think with them, you know, there's a lot of talk that they're going to be having, you know, the two tight ends on the field, Gronk and OJ, and then having you know, uh, Godwin and Evans on the outside. And, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I wouldn't feel bad about starting Gronk week one. And, you know, if you do and you get bit by it, you know you, you know what happens. But I mm-hmm. think, you know, you're also not going to want Gronk on your bench when you see him catch that, catch that touchdown. I mean, it's exactly I think that's going to be point. tough. Yeah, you, so. I'd feel so much worse if I missed out on Gronk having him on my bench than if I started him and he didn't perform. Yeah, I mean, what's your excuse? Like, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Sorry I put him in my lineup. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, and he's like, what is Bronco now? 31. So it's like, he's not like, it's not like he's a guy. It's, you know, Adrian Peterson's like 35 years old or whatever he is. So it's, it's a little bit different. Um, I'll talk about some of my late guys. You know, I, I talked about it on a team yesterday. I have, I have a couple teams, pretty much every one of my teams, you know, I have, I have Johnny Smith on like everywhere and uh, I'll be transparent. I'm not starting a big one on a lot of, in a lot of places. So anybody that listens to me and, you know, that loves Johnny Smith or, you know, falls into what I, how I feel about Johnny Smith in that same category as a deep sleeper. I still think he's, a, you know, an awesome deep sleeper. I, I love having Johnny Smith on, on all my teams. I'm going to, I'm going to pump the brakes on week one and see exactly like how he's used. Um, 
But another late tight end that I am into week one is Chris Herndon, who's, you know, playing at Buffalo. We talked about it yesterday. They, who knows who's going to be out there for the Jets in terms of a receiving core. You know Jamison Crowder. We don't know if, how exactly, I mean, what's really going on with Denzel Mims, how he's going to be involved. Chris Hogan, you know, was brought in. We'll see about that. We'll see about yeah. like, whoever else they have. Yeah, Bashad Perriman. Perriman's banged up, too. Yeah, Bashad Perriman, I mean. You need bodies. Chris Herndon's going to be out there. He's a guy that people have been excited about uh, the past couple of years. We haven't really gotten to see everything that he is. And so I, I, I kind of like Chris Herndon as a, as a streamer this week, as somebody that you can start. And again, kind of reason with yourself to say, he's playing, he's playing against, uh, he's playing Buffalo. It's going to be, it's going to be, you know, not, not a great matchup in terms of their strong defense. But like we were just talking about Stephon Diggs, I'm expecting Buffalo to have the lead. I'm expecting mm-hmm. Buffalo to get up in that game. And it's week one. You know, the Jets can't fold, fold week one. They're going to have to be, you know, passing. They're going to have to be trying to stay in that game. And Chris Herndon is an exciting play for me. I, kinda, I like him week one. Uh, I like him throughout the season. We'll see if he makes it throughout the season. He hasn't, he hasn't been able to these past couple of years based on you know, suspensions and injuries. And, you know, everything that comes along with Chris Herndon. But I, I don't mind him week one. Um, let's see. What about your boy uh, TJ Hawkinson? So we got TJ Hawkinson. He's playing the Bears, playing the Bears week one. Matthew Stafford back. It's, I mean, it's a tough matchup. I, I like the Bears linebackers who probably have to be covering him. Roquan Smith's one of the faster linebackers in the league. He should be able to keep up with Hawk. Um, I mean, to me, I really think the Lions are going to try to establish like a, a hard, like rushing attack and use him more of the like, blocker. I've been following Hawkinson all offseason. He's been getting big. He's swollen up. He's trying to be like Kittle, trying to really own that blocking role. Yeah. So, Iowa Hawkeye tradition, man. Iowa Hawkeye tradition sure. is to come out with tight ends. So. <laughs> for sure. So he's looking strong. I mean, who's to say he might just not break out a big one? He does have that run-after-catch ability like George Kittle does where he could take a little five-yard out and take it to the house just by smacking a few tiny cornerbacks off. So I don't hate that matchup. Um, if you are picking him late uh, – I don't think it's the best start this week unless you really just are going all in with Hawk. Then you can do worse. You can do better, in my opinion, with him this week. Mm-hmm. What about the, the off-season darling, Blake Jarwin? Yeah, everyone's high on this year. He's picking up picking up the targets from Jason Witten. Jason Witten left, I think, 83 targets on the table when he left Dallas. Uh, Jarwin, I think, already had you know 60 plus targets last year. So when uh, you talk about you know some of these guys, it's like Jarwin's been a guy but he loves season long. How do you feel week one against the Rams? Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of touched on the Rams linebackers earlier. In the I'm show. sorry, let me correct myself real quick. Jarwin had 41 targets last year, so then he, and then the 83 vacated from Britain. So sorry about that. Go ahead. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, so I, I kind of touched on it early with the Rams. I'm not really that into their linebacking core. I don't really see anyone that can really match up great with him. But that being said, I don't think the Cowboys are really going to use their tight ends as a vertical threat that much. So if you're just looking for someone who can get you that like eight to 12 points, maybe get a touchdown. Yeah. He might be your guy, but if you're kind of looking for someone who can pop off for 20 points, I am not feeling confident about that. They got CD now they got Amari and Gallup. He's just not really high on that pecking order. Like some of these other guys you could take a flyer on, like you mentioned. Yeah, that, so that's exactly my same thought process is I I'm, I bought into you know Jarwin this this season. I, I like him as you know kind of a, a sleeper, but I, 
I, I wouldn't start them with one. I want to see what's going to happen with those three receivers. I want to see how they're deploying those guys. And CeeDee Lambs, apparently, based on the uh, Cowboys beat, beat reporters, was you know the most impressive wide receiver in camp. So that that's you know what they said, the people that were out there you know, watching, watching these guys practice. And so CeeDee Lamb looks like he's going to be, you know, Firing right away, Michael Gallup coming off a huge year two. Amari Cooper just got paid, coming back in, Mr. Mr. Inconsistent, but he's there. And I just, I don't know, I, I wouldn't start Darwin week one. Like, I mean, you already alluded to it. I, I would try and get grab my guy, like a Chris Herndon, or even, you know, some of these other guys. Eric Ebron, who you mentioned earlier, who at least I feel like he's going to have have that role week one and you know, kind of be like a guy who's going to be leaned on a little bit. Like, I think like, Ebron's a no, you, you brought on more into there too. I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to see what happens with Dallas first with Jarwin before mm-hmm. I start, you know, starting him in my lineups. Yeah, he's nothing more than just like a check down option to me for Dallas. So not really exciting. I don't really feel like good starting Blake Jarwin ever. Like the whole season, he'll, he'll probably put up pretty good numbers over the course of the full season, but not someone I really get excited about week in and week out. Yeah. Cool. And then, I mean, so it's kind of like a week one preview on some guys. Uh, anybody else, you know, just on your mind that you want to talk about for week one? Uh, one guy who I'm kind of thinking might have a pretty sweet game. We talked about Marquise Brown earlier and how he first two plays of his season, he scored touchdowns. Henry Ruggs could have that kind of impact. I mean, Carolina, mm-hmm. who knows what's really happening with that defense. I mean, Dante Jackson's fast. He's pretty solid, but whole new coaching staff coming in. It's probably going to be pretty tough for them on defense, and he seems like a guy who could really take advantage of uh, this kind of crazy offseason with his speed and have a pretty solid game week one. Yeah. I mean, speaking on, on the rugs, too, just talking about rookie, rookie wide receivers, uh, there was some news yesterday that came out where it's looking like Jalen Rieger might only miss one week. Uh, just huge. for people sitting out there that, you know, I mean, I, I already saw it in drafts. He was, he was getting faded all over the place because, you know, you don't love a guy coming in with an injury. You've been missing one week. I mean, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, I mean, a lot of guys are going to play 14 games, 15 games. They put up, like, huge, huge seasons. So, uh, yeah, that's a guy you could probably you know, try to get pretty cheap at the moment. You know who else wasn't healthy to start the season? Who's that? Uh, rookie, Odell Beckham. <laughs> Odell, Beckham. <laughs> Odell Beckham wasn't healthy when he came in, and, I mean, he blew up the second he came into the league. So, uh I don't know. Take, take with that what you will. We're not going to shit on Odell Beckham today. But. Yeah, we're not going to shit on Odell. We're not going to disrespect a man who has some interesting sexual preferences. It's none of our business. We, we, I like you, Odell. It's nobody's yeah. business. Who shits yeah. on you? Yeah, exactly. I'm coming from, I was coming from an interesting party anyway talking about it. Um, a guy that I'm kind of interested in is a you know, streamer week one, and, and we'll, we'll see. This is a deep, deep streamer for anybody, I guess. You know, if you're really needing somebody, it's Kendrick Bourne uh, on the Niners. I mean, the Niners are coming into the season, questionable wide receivers. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurd out for the year again, which is a sad story. I hate, hate to see Jalen Hurd not on the field again. Uh, we'll see, you know, Debo Samuel's status come Sunday. We'll see Brandon Ayuk. I mean, it doesn't look like Brandon Ayuk's going to be playing. Kendrick Bourne's been a guy, you know, who's, who's been in San Francisco. He's been a guy who uh, – Last year, he actually, you know, scored five touchdowns on, on 44 targets, 30 catches for five touchdowns, and at least he's got a nose for the end zone. In week one, they're playing against Arizona, a matchup that Jimmy Garoppolo has actually exploited these past couple of years. He's had 
last year. He had basketball matchups. He had, he had big matchups against Arizona. So Kendrick Bourne's kind of a fun one if you really need like a pinch in your lineup. If that's a guy that I would mention. I'll say um, one more thing too that I was kind of checking out with this whole Mitch Trubisky news coming out, and I was thinking back to last year. Well, how actually bad was he against the Lions? And he went two and over the Lions, and in those two games, he had three touchdowns each game and one interception <laughs> total. So. If leave it to is, the lion. Leave it to the lions to make Trubisky. Right. <laughs> so maybe they're just like, all right, you we played pretty well against them last year. So see what you got again. Yeah, it's not good news for me. I've actually been like picking up Trubisky or picking up the Lions' defense all over the place because they're playing Trubisky. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. I mean, I think it's it's an interesting situation because Trubisky's going to have in the back of his mind that you know this is kind of like he's on a short leash. They have this other quarterback, and so. It'll be interesting to see. We'll see if Trubisky, you know, crumbles under that pressure or if Trubisky takes it as, you know, kind of an opportunity where he's going to have to – he's going to have to perform week one or, you know, he's going to have somebody breathing down his neck. He's going to have, you know, big, big, big holes waiting right behind him. <laughs> <laughs> ready to come in, ready to take over. Nick loves to do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that actually, you know, touches on <laughs> the team that I would have said of the streaming defense. I would, I would take the Lions still just based on, you know, we'll see what happens with Trubisky. Um, yeah, let's kind of go on to some teams. I and mean, We are a fantasy podcast, but we're going to do some just team over-unders here. Uh, we'll just we'll keep it we're short. Football just fans. We love football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep these short, just some, some Vegas win totals, actually. Um, we'll go through. We'll just say over-under on these, so pretty short. Um, let's go. I'll start from the bottom. Keep it interesting. So right now the Jaguars are projected four and a half wins over-under. I'm going to go under. Four and twelve seems like a pretty solid pick for me. It's just they're depending on a ton of rookies on defense. CJ Henderson, they their safeties are a mess. Josh Allen's pretty awesome player. Miles Jack's a pretty solid player too, but there's just really not. I almost, not a I, almost lot. I almost corrected you there with the Josh Allen thing, and then I was like, oh my god, the second Josh yeah. Allen. <laughs> the other one. You gotta love that there's two Josh Allen's in the league. There wasn't oh, yeah. one wasn't enough. So um, we got the Washington football. T- or I'm gonna go under too. Sorry about that. I'm gonna go under on the Jaguars as well, under four and a half. Uh, what about the Washington football team? Five wins. Do you think they can go under or over? Uh, it's tough. Um, Giants are not really that scary to me. Eagles are a great team. Cowboys are a pretty great team. The division, they beat each other up a lot. So, five and eleven sounds sounds pretty good. I could see them sneak into six and ten. The run defense really is pretty underrated, and I think that could really help them out in a lot of games. Who knows? Maybe Antonio Gibson breaks out. They have the Dwayne Haskins McLaurin connection, which could be something special. Who knows? I don't think it's going to happen this year, though. Yeah, I'm going under. I'm going under five in the Washington Washington football team, just because I have to call them the Washington football team the whole season too. It's just going to be annoying. You're not going to have a winning. You're not going to have. It's just like the Chargers. Everyone's calling San Diego Chargers last year. It's just not a good look. Yeah. Uh, Let's go Cincinnati. Five and a half over under. I'm going over. I'll 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 say it first of all. I'm thinking. Um, I'm going to say over on five and a half. I mean, I think. And again, I'll, I'll drop another, you know, Sigmund, Sigmund Bloom tweet that I just, I love where, you know, he said there's franchise quarterbacks and there's franchise changing quarterbacks. And I, if you haven't, you know, you heard our episode one, I, I, I'm big on Joe Burrow this year. I think their offense is going to be good. Uh, I think the, the defense is going to struggle. It's going to, it's going to struggle at times, but I think, I think they can get to six wins. I mean, 
I, you know, hearing it come out of my mouth, hearing, you know, Bengals over like you know, five and a half or six wins is, isn't, you know, this sexy pick, but I'm going to say the over. Yeah, I could see them going six and 10. I think Burrow really is going to inspire that whole offense and really the whole team. I think Zach Taylor's a pretty good coach. I mean, they, they did bring in some guys on defense. I'm a big Von Bell fan. I like him. DJ Reader's a pretty solid player. Um, I know one of their cornerbacks got hurt for the year, uh, which was pretty pretty sad to see. But I could see them sneaking out a, a, a few close wins throughout the year. Yeah, that's kind of my thought process, too. Uh, we got Carolina, five and a half wins. I'm going to go under. Yeah, I'm going to go under as well. Um, yeah, McCaffrey is going to have a sweet year again, but it's just it doesn't seem like Matt Rule can really make that impact year one. I feel like it's going to take him a, a couple of years to really turn things around and get the guys he really wants to build that yeah. team. Cool. Plus, Let's you got the Bucks, you got the Saints, so it's a tough division. Yeah. Let's just power through the rest of these. Let's go Miami, six wins over under. Go over. Over. I'm going to take the under on Miami, six wins. Uh, Jets, six and a half wins. Uh, That's tough. I mean, they, they looked pretty good towards the end of the year, but I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under as well on the Jets. Giants, six and a half. I'm going to say seven wins. I think over. I'm going to go under on the Giants, too. Uh, so under six and a half wins. And the We'll take that. Uh, what about the Lions? Seven wins, seven flat. I'm going to go over. A little bit of a homer, but I think their defense made some good strides. But the only thing that could really hold them back is their offensive line. They had a lot yeah, gonna, of changes. I'm going to go over for the Lions, too. Uh, I think they're going to get over seven wins. And then obviously, you know, conducive on Matt Stafford's, Matt Stafford staying healthy. Um, but another year of Matt Patricia, I think they made some nice additions in the offseason. I'm going to take the Lions over seven. What about the Raiders? Seven and a half over under. I'm going to go over. Nice. Ryan, our buddy Ryan will be happy to hear that. <laughs> um, I'm going to go the over two. And I'm going to, I mean, I think it, I think the Raiders are going to be eight and eight. So that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking I'm too. Take. I, I, I think they're, all, they're getting closer. They're getting mm-hmm. closer. I just don't think they're at that, that point yet. I think they're going to be eight and eight. Uh, what about the Houston Texans? Seven and a half wins over under. I think over. Over? Um, I'm going to take the over, too. I'm going to take the Deshaun, jo- the Deshaun Watson bump. Um, I, I just I believe that guy. I think that he actually He's a winner. Just, just carries the team. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't see him being, you know, under 500. I'm not going to um, doubt him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just certain guys that, you know, make that big of a difference. And I think, you know, Deshaun Watson just keeps him in games. Uh, what about the Broncos, seven and a half? Well, it's tough. I, I saw a news report that Von Miller got hurt today, which is that's huge, and that's really pretty yeah, awful news. I think Schefter just confirmed he's going to be out for the season. That's, that's really sad, but their offense is still developing. It's, they're going to be in a lot of tough games, so I'm going to have to go under for the Broncos. Yeah, I'm also going to go under for them. Um, you know, it's a young quarterback. I think it's an exciting offense, um, but – yeah, I know. I'm going to take the under there. I think, you know, they're similar to Cincinnati to me where I think, you know, I think Denver has a little bit of a stronger defense. Um, I think, you know, offense is similar in the kind of the way that I'm judging them. I, mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm, I'm taking the Bengals over five and a half and I'm taking Denver under seven and a half. And I think they're probably going to finish, you know, pretty close with like that six, six wins. Yeah. Um, 
go Falcons seven and a half. I'll go over. Yeah, I'm going to take the over there too. Uh, what about the Cardinals seven and a half? I'm going to go under. All right, I'm going to take the over okay. with the Cardinals. Um, yeah, I think I think the Cardinals are in a good place. I I like the Cardinals' offense. Um, I like some of the moves that they made on defense, and I can see them kind of being you know another eight and eighteen. So I'm going to I'm going to take them over seven and a half. Uh, what about the Chargers at eight 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 wins over under? I'm going to go under for them. I think it's going to be still transitionary period with the quarterbacks and. We'll see if it'll come together. I'm just not really buying it. Yeah, I think I would probably, you know, I guess go under. I, I think the Chargers are going to be, you know, right around those eight wins. I, mm-hmm. I agree. I think I, I don't, I don't, you know, love any situation where there's quarterback controversy. And, and if, if, you know, if Tyrod starts struggling a little bit, there's going to be that pressure of Justin Herbert. And I just don't yeah. think that's great for any sort of team atmosphere. Um, so I'm also going to go under. What about the Bears? The Bears are, you know, eight, eight wins. Well, I'm going the Lions over, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Bears are gonna be under this year. Yeah, I think the Bears are gonna be under too. I don't know what that eight wins is. Like. That I seems honestly, that seems pretty that, rich. That <laughs> seems like they hot. might be the overrated team of this. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's actually really like kind of high for them. So I'm gonna go the under on the Bears eight wins. Uh, Titans eight and a half. I'm gonna go over. The addition right. of Clowney's nice. Their offense looks pretty solid to me. Yeah, I'm gonna go under on the tight on the Titans. I think. I think they're going to be right around that eight wins if they can get there. Uh, I think that's going to be – it'll be interesting. It's going to be an interesting division. I don't really know, you know, who's going to come out of that one. I think they're all going to beat each other up, kind of excluding Jacksonville. But I think Indy, Tennessee, Houston, they're all going to be kind of beating each other up. So I'm going to go the under. What about the Rams, eight and a half? Oh, uh, man, that's their tough one. Uh, can I call a push? <laughs> yeah. Call a push. I'm gonna they say seem like an eight-win team to me. Yeah, I'm gonna say the Rams under. Uh, unfortunately for for Rams fans, I just I yeah I don't know. I don't know that I really like you know. I don't know. We're on the spot making these decisions. It's it's really tough. Yeah, I'll stick with it. I'm gonna stick with the under there. I think they're gonna yeah. be right around. Rams there. are just one of the most like top-heavy teams where their roster really isn't that solid if you go top to bottom. So. We'll see see if the star power can keep them up. Another surprise to me, the Browns, eight and a half wins over under. 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 I'm also going to take the under. And I I mean, I know I'm saying everyone's going to go eight and eight, but I'm also (laughs) going to take the under there. I just, I don't think the Browns are going to be anything that special. I think they're going to be like teetering right around the eight and eight, nine and seven, but I'll take the under. Uh, What about the Packers, eight and a half wins? I'm going to go over. They're bringing pretty much everybody back. Their defense is really solid again. Rodgers, hard to really count him under eight wins, so I'll take the over. Yeah, I'm also going to take the over on the Packers. Uh, I'm going to take the over eight and a half wins. Uh, what about the Patriots, nine wins? I'm going to go under. Okay. I'm going to take the over. I... I <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the, there's no real reasoning for it aside from that. I I can't imagine the Patriots being eight. Yeah, you know so what? I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm, I'm changing my mind. Cam Newton and he seems like a beast, and I just feel like he's gonna. Yeah, if, if, Cam, New- if Cam Newton's healthy, if Cam Newton's able to stay healthy, I'm gonna definitely take you over there. Uh, what about Minnesota nine wins? 
I'm gonna go under for them. Yeah, I'm gonna go under for Minnesota as well. What about we got Buffalo nine wins? I think over. The addition of Diggs is really nice. Should be another level to their offense. Yeah, I'm gonna take the over too. I like what Buffalo is doing. I, mm-hmm. I like that, that organization. Seems like you know they have things in the right place. They have all their decisions kind of figured out. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers nine and a half. That's tough. I'm going to go under, but I'm going to say nine wins. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my thought process, too. I think I'm going to say Pittsburgh would go nine and seven if I had to yeah. So I'm going to say under. They're a good team, half. but I don't know if they're a 10 win team. Mm-hmm. Now, watch your mouth here. We got the Eagles nine and a half wins over under. <laughs> <laughs> it's another tough one. I mean, Darius Slay is going to help them out a ton. I think when they played the Cowboys, that was a big thing that held them back. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll give them the over. All right, all right. I'm going to hit that over, too. I think the Eagles can, can get to 10. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking 10. Yeah, I'll hit the, I'll hit the over on that. I, I think the Eagles' defense has improved. I mean, linebacking, linebackers will still be a question mark. Secondary should be improved. If the offense can, you know, I hate to even say stay healthy, get healthy, then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, then I think they can do it. What about the Colts, nine and a half? I'm going to go under on the Colts. I'm going to go under as well. Uh, Seahawks nine and a half. I'm going over for the Seahawks. Yeah, me too. I don't think Russell Wilson has ever had a 500 or losing season, so I'm going to yeah. take the over there. Uh, Tampa Bay nine and a half wins. I'm going over. I'm, I'm believing in them. I'm also going to take the over on Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay is going to get over nine and a half wins. I think that their their defense is better than people think it is. They have the best wide receiving core in the league, you know, adding Fournette to this like, you know, stable of running backs with you know, the GOAT. Yeah. And Tristan Wirfs. Gronkowski. Tristan Wirfs. I mean, yeah, they, they made some good additions. Yeah, that's um, nice. Dallas, 10 wins. I'm going to go under. I think I'm also going to take the under also. I don't love Dallas's defense. And I'm not just saying that as, you know, just an Eagles, Eagles fan here. I just – I think Dallas's offense is great. And, you know, it's, it's going to – going to be exciting but i just i don't love their defense so I'm, yeah i'm gonna go underneath i think they'll think still they'll still be either eight eight or nine and seven but yeah i don't think they'll have a losing record but i'm not taking the over on 10 uh new orleans 10 and a half yeah, these last four should be good yeah these last four i feel like should be pretty standard <laughs> yeah over i'll say i'm gonna take i'm gonna take the over there too uh san francisco 10 and a half i'm gonna go under i think 10 okay. wins yeah, I'm actually going to take the under there, too. I think 10 wins sounds about right for them. I think their defense is going to be great. Um, we'll see, you know, how their offense evolves throughout the season. I expect, you know, I expect it to be fine. I expect, you know, Kyle Shanahan to figure out something. But um, I think that the team's in their division, you know, gotten a little bit better over the past Yeah, few I years. think the addition of Jamal Adams really kind of elevates the Seahawks. Yeah, that's a division that beats each other up. Uh, Baltimore, 11 and a half. Eleven and a half, damn. I'm gonna go over. Yeah, I'm gonna take the over there too. The Chiefs are also at eleven and a half. I'm gonna take the over on them. Like so this. I'm gonna take Chiefs and Baltimore being being plus eleven and a half wins. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that's fun. We'll, we'll we'll definitely look back on those. Uh, oh yeah. After after the season, <laughs> uh, will anybody you know record that or <laughs> we'll we'll write those down. Remember our predictions and keep us honest on those. Um, but yeah, I mean for. For this episode here, episode two, um, 
you know, it was fun. Happy to, happy to be doing this. This has been like an awesome time and we're having so much fun. And, you know, I hope, I hope we make it, you know, fun for anybody listening. I hope we can you know, keep you interested and, uh, yeah, another fun one. I mean, I'll, I'll be signing off. Awesome. You got anything else to say? Yeah, we're living the dream. Just happy to be doing this and happy you guys are listening. So thanks again.